0: Bye.
1: they do at the beginning of the podcast (laughs) they have like this whole spiel memorized and like (laughs) it's so professional
0: (laughs) they're like a whole ass group of professional journalists that have been doing this for like six years and (laughs) hi my name is and (laughs)
1: tonight i'm gonna be doing this Uh, Humble. Bundle. <laughs> I'm Johnny Bartlett, and I'm the other half of the Humble Bundle bourgeoisie. Oh my gosh! Yeah, um we we cover all of the games that come out every month on the Humble Choice. That's our shtick. So yeah, hope you like it. We're we're going to get into that. We're on the second half for January 2021. Yeah, and we have not tonight is our first game up on the docket of the Ambassador Fractured Timelines. We also have Warhammer Chaosbane, Pathologic 2, Tales of the Neon Sea, and Total Tank Simulator. <laughs> 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 oh! <laughs> <Burmy>! Yes! Tanks! <laughs> You're, like, scared. You're, like... Your eyes just, like... <laughs>
0: Where was this enthusiasm when we were splitting these games up?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not there at all because I don't actually care that much about tanks. <laughs> I th- there was the one dating sim game that like made all of the women based on like different types of tanks, like the P Sherman and like all the different I that one was, I I can I can vibe with that, but I don't
0: know. I cannot wait for the uh the sword dating sim game. <sighs>
1: I want that one, right? Like, was it boy, like boyfriend dungeon or something like that? Like
0: yeah, boyfriend dungeon. Oh, it looks good. Cannot wait.
1: Yeah. So, uh, but that's not tonight. That's, that's gonna be that's later gonna on. be later on. Tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about not tonight. It's developed by Panic Barn. Uh, they're the people that uh made. Everyone knows the pixel phone soccer game, Tiki Taka Soccer uh classic it's a classic world renowned um this is really the only thing i can find it from them uh they published though uh they're published by no more robots and they've done a lot of really cool interesting games uh like hypnospace outlaw descenders which is like a really cool sort of downhill biking game uh nowhere project uh yes your grace which is like based on shakespeare and family man which uh, has like a free prologue that I found, which looks kind of silly and goofy. It's like a like a comedy sort of uh, simulator, sort of like Postal Two. It looks like, um, hmm. but yeah, this is a papers please esque bouncer life simulator. It takes place in a post Brexit world uh, with a very heavy political element to it. So, uh, you play as and I should I should mention that this game was released in twenty eighteen before Brexit officially happened. <laughs> so that's kind of where a lot of the the politics of this game kind of lies in that like very specific era. Uh you play as an EU citizen, you're born uh or living in like one of three predetermined reasons, you know, like you're Spanish or, you know, you're of a certain type of other heritage and people are like, Oh, well, because of that reason you're going to be deported. And the only way to avoid it is to have enough money in your money in your account by the end of the month, uh, from working your government-issued bouncer job that you can pay off the government and prove that you have a value to society, <laughs> and that you can stay in Britain. <laughs> they have to prove that they are like they're, they're they are of value to the society enough. But it, it seems a little strange that they're like targeting specifically like it's like Irish people and Italian people and French people like you're not allowed, no froggies. They say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the gameplay consists of checking people's licenses for inconsistencies or discrepancies if they aren't old enough to enter or if they have, you know, expired license, if they have a fake license, uh, then you choose to let them in or deny them entry. Uh, So you start out doing mainly just bars, but you can kind of eventually start working and doing more fancy stuff like galas. And, uh, you know, border crossings, fun stuff like that, uh, which in that sense, it becomes very much like Papers, Please, where I, I honestly felt like I was just playing a modern British version of Papers, Please in the border crossing segments. Um, it gets more complicated as certain things are introduced, like VIPs, guest lists, clothing requirements, nationality bans, stuff like that, uh, work licenses. Uh, it's never quite as hard as like, the late stages of Papers, Please, in my opinion. Uh, it's just hard enough that it requires your focus, but you can kind of honestly do some other things. Like I, when I played this game on my own, I was like watching YouTube videos while playing it. Seems like a chill game for the Switch. You have to manage your finances, your social credit score, and like a total Black Mirror-esque twist where like, you know, anything that you do that like the government doesn't like, like such as skipping work or, uh, you know, doing illegal things uh will lower your social credit score and then possibly get you kicked out of the com- like the country uh and eventually you also have to worry about like your health and stuff uh you can do things like sell drugs such as uh cheese to cheese heads and and power pills to pill people to get extra cash um you can usually tell based on like w- some kind of aesthetic difference between them if they're like a real person that actually wants the drug or if they're a fed so watch out for the feds (laughs) because uh the police in this universe they 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 have a lot of time on their hands plenty of time to be setting up stings for gig workers instead of policing normally uh that that's never happened in the real world shout out to uh uber and lyft drivers that get this same crap pulled on them by undercover cops looking to find drivers that like are willing to take rides to people who don't have their phones with them at the moment that's just predatory as fuck and is the thing that really happens. And I feel like that was super, like, real to world. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are moral choices and paths that you can take towards helping, like, revolutionaries. Or you can try to play it more safe. I feel like I didn't do enough of the revolutionary stuff that I've probably fucked up that whole storyline. I <laughs> I'd probably have to restart the whole game from the beginning in order to get the full revolutionary storyline. Which kind of sucks. Because, uh... To be honest, this game kind of has bad pacing. Uh, The loops can be really tiring and repetitive, and uh, you often have to restart due to inoptimal play, or at least I felt that way. You can kind of get away with failing a lot more in this game than probably a lot of other games, but I want to get all of the things and see all of the different things, and that requires doing a lot of resets. And that just takes a long time to have to talk with all the different people at the beginning of the day and then get to work and then start working. It, It takes a lot of time um and because of that and also the fact that you work an entire month for each chapter of the game there's like three times as much gameplay here as papers please and like because it's less hard you just there's less details to check and less complexity and the same amount of gameplay brevity is a good thing i think saying what you want to say and then getting the hell out is something that i value and and when when it stays too long it it, it kind of overstays its its welcome and to me i'm probably not going to finish this game for that reason but it it is still really cool there's a lot of really fun moments in this game one of my favorite moments is when you get to kick a kind of racist guy named dave out of his own bar and he has to walk (laughs) in through the back it's really funny uh (laughs) fuck you dave yeah fuck you dave yeah, you basically have to, like, work every single day if you want to, like, maintain your social credit score, and it just takes a long time. So you slowly do get to, like, upgrade your apartment and your tools and your look, and there's even, like, a DLC that takes place in Paris, and it's like, turns it into a, a partial dating sim, which I think is kind of rad. <laughs> I really want to know how that works. But, uh, in general, I'm glad that this game exists, but the gameplay doesn't really make me want to finish it, uh, just because of the repetitive nature of it uh i would still recommend it to fans of papers please who want more of that style of gameplay who if you're the type of person who got like all of the endings in papers please and you want more and you're craving more this is like totally the thing for you because you will find so much enjoyment and so much uh time out of this game but uh for me uh i'm probably going to have to say that uh my 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 time with this game is it's 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 lining to be over. It's, li- it's lining up to be over. The the, the time it's your
0: time yeah your time your time the, the, your time
1: the, here the, the time is
0: up. The t- the timeline yeah of of not tonight is over yeah. Our next game is the Ambassador Fractured Timelines. <laughs> thank you, please, thank
1: you. <laughs> it was like it was like an improv when like I was just when, you, when you're just like in the middle of like song smash or something and like you're just like you can't remember the lyrics of this song and you're just like desperately looking at everyone else in their eyes like please will you save me will you save me save will me, you please. save me will you save me. <laughs> Go ahead.
0: Uh, The Ambassador Fractured Timelines is a game by Tiny Dino Games, and this is their only game. We get a lot of those here. Uh, This is a twin-stick shooter. If you're not familiar with the concept of a twin-stick shooter, it's a top-down perspective. One joystick controls your movement. One joystick controls which direction your character is facing in to attack. It's real straightforward. And it plays very traditional, like, most of the other twin stick shooters in the genre. It doesn't really do anything wildly different, but it does have a mechanic in which you control time at your will. So you push a button and you get this little radial circle around you and anything that enters into that circle gets frozen. So this could be like traps from the environment. It could be moving blocks. It could be enemy attacks. As long as you have the button pushed down, everything in that circle will stop, but you only have a limited amount of time. It's like Probably about, like, two and a half, three seconds worth of it. And the recharge rate is pretty quick, but as long as things are in there, they're not moving. And that's sort of the core shtick of the game. There's no, like, dodge mechanic. Your dodging is freezing things in place and moving around them. There's a lot of movement puzzles that end up utilizing this. Like, you'll weave through trap areas of traps with, like arrows that shoot out and you have to freeze the arrows and weave around them while you have time frozen or like blocks will smash against walls and like move in square patterns and stuff. And you have to freeze it so you can move past it real quick. There's, there's a lot of really simple movement puzzles that use the, the freezing. And there's a lot of boss fights and enemy fights that basically require you to, to use your freezing. They'll attack you with some sort of unavoidable attack that takes up like half the screen you freeze it, you weave around it, and you get to the other side of them and can attack them. Uh, but other than that, it is the, the the core gameplay loop is very basic. You have one attack that you can use, and that's it. There's no like special abilities or anything. It is just one attack, and that attack is to throw your weapon. When you throw your weapon, you have to wait for it to hit something, and then it comes back to you. So you get like one swing, wait a second, it comes back. One swing, wait a second, it comes back. And that's... That's the whole loop to the game. You can get other weapons that sort of change the style of the attack, but they don't fundamentally change the way you attack. And so no matter what you get across the board, it's just like I'm throwing an axe or I'm throwing two daggers to the side or whatever. Uh, And it it leaves a lot of waiting and not a lot of engaging
1: in the actual game. (laughs) That's like one of my least favorite things in games when like instead of giving you like an interesting gameplay mechanic, they just force you to wait. like. Yeah, there's a boss that I'm gonna talk about later. That like, it in in Warhammer Chaosbane. That like, the whole thing of it is that you just have to like sit there and like wait for the, him to like reveal his his weak spot, and it's just not engaging gameplay. I hate that. Exactly. As a result, combat is just very slow and tedious
0: in this game. You get you get swarmed by a, a group of five to six things, and it's just. It's literally just walking around in a circle until you recharge your attack, swing, one shot the thing, walk around in a circle again, and it's just repeating that over and over again. Uh, The boss fights were kind of interesting. Every little area ends in a boss fight, and the boss fights, they were were interesting to an extent, but nothing, like, mechanically unique. It was just sort of summon adds, and the boss has, like, a big attack that's unavoidable unless you slow down time and move around. Mm. So it it's get four or five attacks on the boss kill the three adds they spawn dodge the attack get four or five attacks on him
1: it's brave <laughs> it's brave <laughs>
0: uh, and and dying in the game when you die, it just brings you back to the start of the level. It's very abrupt. There's not, like, a death screen or a load screen. You just, you die and you teleport back to the start of the level. All the enemies respawn. All the traps respawn and everything. And you just fight your way back. In that sense, it felt unconsequential and very uh, uninspired. Just the fact that there wasn't even, like, a you're dead screen or anything. It was just like, boom, you're you're right back at the start. Which, I guess, kind of fits with the theming of the game. That it's, like... A time loop and there's weird shit going on with time that you can control so like i i guess you're just the same character picking up where you left off jumping back in time uh, yeah yeah okay i don't know it's not really explained in the storyline the story
1: is very much <laughs> is it more like in service of like the game like uh, the, the story is more like a, 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 a an accessory to the gameplay it really is, yeah. You you start off going through the tutorial and you get a little brief bit of
0: information like, The kingdom's gonna die! Go out, Time Wizard, and fix it for us! And so you go out and you, you save your town by fucking with time. Uh, and that's all they really give you to start. There's like three paths you can choose from. Each path has like 25 levels. So there's a lot of gameplay here, uh, but it is very repetitive. And the only, like, real story you find is, like, there's notebooks hidden throughout, and the notebooks give you, like, three or four lines of lore about what's going on. You know, like, this guy died from these dudes, and that's why he's here, or whatever. <laughs> the <laughs> basics. The basics, exactly. Uh, So, there, there's not a lot of upfront story. Mo- most of it's buried in books that you have to find hidden through levels, and and that's pretty much all there is to it. It's all right the the loop gets repetitive and boring very quickly, but if you want a straightforward sort of no nonsense arcade style game, it might be perfect for you. uh There was a review on on Steam from a group called Fanbite, which says it feels like a lost gym from nineteen ninety four and I think that is such an adequate and accurate way to describe this game because <laughs> <laughs> wow that's what it feels like
1: (laughs) like like it's sort of like it takes this kind of design sensibilities of like the 90s with like that sort of ocarina of time boss design of like you have to wait to hit the guy (laughs) exactly it it feels like it was built for an arcade machine and not
0: necessarily as like a standalone experience you know if you if you pick this up on an arcade machine it'd feel you know great you you put a quarter in you go until you die and then you restart back at the level like it, it feels very in vain of sort of early super mario world kind of stuff where it, the gameplay itself is very simple and you're just doing like a very simple mechanic of in mario since jumping over things in a bunch of different environments
1: is there a score counter i wonder there's not. I was going to say that is one thing that is very emblematic of that era is this is the score counter. Of, of yeah, <laughs> it just it just feels like the overall structure and
0: design of the gameplay would fit an arcade cabinet very well. Yeah, okay, I got you. Yeah. Uh so yeah, that's it's it's alright. It's it's decent. Uh it might be boring, but it's very reminiscent of old school arcade games. So if that's your style and you're looking for a twin stick shooter of that era, then go for it. it. It could be a lot of fun for you,
1: Twitch base with uh, some some time manipulation mechanics.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's definitely
1: uh, uh, uh w- w- war. Something to do war. On, um, got, oh gosh, come I on! Think, there's got to be something can, here. Um, you can do it. I
0: believe in you. You can
1: you you can get a hammer as a weapon. I think. Can you? Uh, I, I think. think. Can can you can you wage war with your hammer in that game? I mean, you're stopping war. I think you're you're the time police. Oh, see, so you're anti-war then.
0: You're you're sort of a bane against the chaos.
1: I, <laughs> 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 I can't vote dabbed. fucking. Just to, just <laughs> he said that so hard, he did a dab. <laughs> okay uh fucking next game up on the dock it's warhammer chaos bane this game is developed by echo software uh you might have played their previous game how to survive as well as how to survive Two. uh those are like pretty fun zombie survival co-op crafting games that are like top-down perspective uh but they also made sports sim classics such as handball 17 and 21 and rugby 18 and 20 uh, as well as like a bunch of other weird obscure what they look like phone games like storm wanted corp and aquapanic and like wasn't the last warhammer game we covered didn't the developers do some weird sports games too i think so i don't know what it <laughs> is with like I, the warhammer franchise i think it's the fact that they have this shotgun approach to licensing. Where any developer that wants to do a Warhammer game can. It's just that they have to choose a very specific part of their universe to license. Like, for the other game that we did, it was like a one planet, Gladius. And it was everyone trying to vie for control of Gladius. And it was like a RTS in the vein of Civilization. Whereas this is more of a Diablo-style game. uh, You know, in the vein of like Grim Dawn or uh Van Helsing, Torchlight... Uh, that kind of thing, but with the fantasy Warhammer angle, so it's your very typical a r p g hack and slash type of game, you assign moves to certain buttons and you unlock more passives by leveling up uh what's cool is that there is like a point buy system for your skills, so you have to like kind of assign value to certain skills depending on like what you think is better for your kit. if you want to have like a better basic attack, then you can make that better, but then you have to like remove certain other abilities or make them worse. And it sort of, it, it allows for more varied customization uh, while you're playing. And uh, I did I did li- like that quite a lot. Um, although the layouts are a little bit weird, and I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, it's got full voice acting as well, which is really cool. I noticed it right away. Uh, you don't have to read anything if you don't want to, which is awesome for streams. <laughs> uh, it has, I found this out up to four player online or local co-op huge plus local drop in drop out keyboard and mouse and controller support uh so if you wanted to you could just like be chilling with this game and be like somebody walks in the room says hey what are you playing and you say you want to play too give them a controller and they can just hop right in No, no no waiting or anything uh damn I think one of the ways that they do that is by making currency something that is probably, like, shared with everybody. Because the currency really is not used to buy anything in this game. You donate all of the crap that you get from people to, like, your, your, like, war chest. And they give you, like, different uh, cosmetic appearances that you can change and apply over your armor instead of, like, buying necessarily, like, better armor from the store. So you find it all from Hmm. just playing the game, pretty much. Yeah, I, I just I think it's a cool system. It allows for people to not feel like they're missing out if they only play for a little while, because you're not like trying to get like this crazy character leveled up to like a, a mass level. Like you, you, you can do like point five stuff, but like I don't know. It's just it's very easy to to get people involved. Um, that being said, it is a little too easy on normal. Uh, I highly recommend bringing up the dif- difficulty, uh, bumping it up to like hard or very hard for your first playthrough, uh, just because. I was just not having that much fun. I wasn't really thinking that much, and when I did die, it was just because I wasn't paying attention to the game. (laughs) And uh, so, so yeah, there's also a hardcore permadeath option, so that's available for players who like that. I I definitely didn't do that. Uh, All of the characters that I tried out for the game were really fun and unique. They have different sort of playstyles. There's five of them that you can play with, and one extra DLC expansion character if you want to pay for it uh i played the most of the slayer class through this dwarf named braggy axe fighter who who fights with three axes and i say three because he's got one in each hand and the third is his beard it's beautiful (laughs) he's got he's got he's got an axe in his beard it's great um he goes in rough and his spacebar ability is to pull himself closer to his enemies and so he's all about like Getting in close, he's sort of like a barbarian type character. Uh I also tried out the dwarf engineer, who I really enjoyed. Uh their secondary ability is just like a fucking flamethrower, and their basic attack is to like swing with their mallet and then shoot with a gun. <laughs> and they constantly are doing <laughs> that, and it's just really cool. <laughs> um They also have like this overheat ability for their space bar, where, like after using their flamethrower, they get like an extra little flame burst. Um There's also, like, the Wood Elf Scout. They got, like, bows for days and a dodge ability. There's the Imperial Soldier, who's, like, your standard sword and shield dude with a block ability. Um, It's good enough variety to warrant replayability. uh, But, like, it is nothing new if you've played Diablo-style games before. And the fact that the game is basically just, like, the same but a little harder... Every time that you play will probably turn some people off, though I know that veterans of Diablo like that's that's kind of what they're in for already that yeah. <laughs> it's all about the grind and getting to the highest uh difficulty level for a lot of people, and that's definitely here in spades um there is one funny little quirk about this game is that it lets you go straight to chapter six right away, and I don't know why i I just <laughs> i did I wasn't paying attention, and I just skipped everything <laughs> and I went right to Chapter Six. And I beat Chapter 6, and and it didn't tell me to, like, leave or anything. It didn't tell me that I was done with the game, that I'd finished Chapter 6. It just let me do more expeditions if I wanted to. And so I was, like, so confused. I was like, what am I doing with my life? Is the game over? What do I do? And then somebody in my chat was like, you're in Chapter 6, dumbass. Get out of (laughs) here. But the, the cool thing about that is that I didn't even notice because the game scales to those later levels, And, uh, actually makes them playable, so you can actually, if you wanted to, just pop into a later chapter with a new character and just have a good time. Uh, which I think is pretty rad. Uh, there are some nitpicks. I think the story really isn't much to talk about. There's not not much to write home. It's pretty meh. Couldn't really care much about it, to be honest. It did give a nice enough set dressing to vibe with the endless destruction and mayhem, but that's about it. Uh, the repeated voice lines for certain moves it's really old i can't tell you how many times i heard the phrase i'm out of bloodlust i need to recover it, it just got like <laughs> i know you need bloodlust just just calm down you door
0: that ability isn't ready yet that ability isn't ready yet i must recharge
1: yeah i <laughs> it's i think that's there's some charm to that uh in some ways but it'll definitely annoy some players <laughs>
0: All I can think of when I hear voice lines like that is just, like, back when when I first started playing World of Warcraft and didn't know about shutting off certain sounds and stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's totally like that. I'm out of
0: mana. I'm out of mana. I'm out of mana.
1: See, like, if I could get rid of that sound in the game, maybe there is a way to do that. There isn't. But if I could, then I would, because goddamn, you say it so many times. You say, like, because whenever you're out of mana and you try to cast something or, like, just, ah, yeah, anyway.
0: <laughs>
1: the loadout system, as I mentioned earlier, is weird. It requires you to have an entire second set of armor in order to uh, assign different skills to, uh, like, that different loadout. So I just want to have, like, a new loadout of skills, right? But I have to get an entire second set of armor. I think the purpose of that is that they want you to be always trying to build toward a complete set of items, but the benefits are usually so negligible for full sets of armor that I just don't even care. It's like five plus five percent maximum HP if you get five items in a set, and that's like everything. That's like your your gloves, your 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 hat, your chest, your pants. It's like everything. So I don't know. It didn't didn't seem like a useful system to me. Uh, other modes are unlocked through play, like optional expeditions, like I mentioned earlier, there's also, like, a boss rush mode and some other stuff. Uh, there's, like, a 10 to 15 hour playtime for this game in order to get to the ending, uh, which means that second playthroughs are a lot easier to justify, because you can probably crack, crank that out in, like, an evening or two, uh, if you really, really wanted to, uh... So, honestly, I do like it a lot. I'll probably end up finishing it at some point at the, and trying out some of the higher difficulties, especially if I can rope a friend into playing it with me. Getting some local co-op, something going on. Yeah, I see him, I I see him waving. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's nothing new. Uh, and by that metric, nothing special. Uh, but the game, from what I can tell, got really panned on release. And the devs, uh, did seem to be adding a lot of love to the game. It started out with only four playable characters, and they added the fifth, the, uh, the dwarf engineer character that I really like, just for free, uh, to the game, which I really appreciate when de- developers do stuff like that. So, um, yeah. I, I, I'd say that, uh, this is a game that, that deserves your love, like, the next entry on our list. Did I do it? Did, did I do it?
0: Pathologic two. Yeah,
1: right. Because that that that, that game loves you, right? It lo- it just it loves you so much. <laughs> 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 this... He's laughing because it's like one of the most painful games.
0: <laughs> this is a game from Icepick Lodge, who also developed the original Pathologic, Knock Knock, which is like a surreal explore this weird bunker and weird shit happens like point and click-esque fallout shelter kind of game i don't know it looked interesting cargo which is banjo kazooie nuts and bolts but with planes (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) and the void which is another sort of surreal horror town exploration game very much in the vein of pathologic this is a first person here, here's that word again surreal survival horror <laughs> which if you're not familiar with the concept of just like surreal weird bullshit uh, <laughs> this game there's there's bird people walking around there's like toad folk and it's all it's all normalized like i think that's such a an important concept of surrealism is that, like, mm-hmm. it's all normalized. You you walk into a building and you walk out, and suddenly half the town is on fire, and everyone's just like, "Yeah, that's our town, we."
1: All about <laughs> making the abnormal normal.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 weird. <laughs> um, all all kinds of weird shit is constantly happening and popping up, and the town is shifting and changing nightly. And just as you think you figured it out, the game's just like, "Ha ha, fuck you!" No, you haven't. <laughs> There was there was one point. Um, I'll, I'll get into story stuff in a little bit here, uh, but apparently we we found out that Pathologic Two is pretty much a direct remake from Pathologic One. So if you've played the first Pathologic, you're probably very familiar with everything that's going on in this one. Oh yeah. But they redesigned the mechanics and the systems and the graphics, so it it's an entire remaster. Not sure why they slapped a two on the end of it for it.
1: Yeah, kind of makes it seem like you have to have played the first in order to play the second but you definitely don't
0: you don't the you are you are playing through the first one in the second one basically
1: yeah
0: uh the only difference is you don't have access to the two other characters that you can play through as in pathologic one they may come later as dlc it's been rumored as from the developers uh but that's a that's a we'll wait and see thing mm-hmm the the gameplay of this, it's, it's all about managing your interaction with the people in the town, balancing your reputation while also trying to find information about who killed your father and maintaining your health and food and stamina and water. Yes, that's all, that's all of the traits. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's what the core gameplay is about. And survival in this game is not easy. Most of my days were spent just wandering around, scavenging for what little items I could find to either sell or trade for food, because your boy gets hungry a lot. <laughs> and so you're going to you're going to spend a good amount of time just like just eating in this game. But it, it's worth it. Like it's part of the experience and that that constant uh, fear of of being at the brink of death at any moment because you, you're too focused on talking to people and actually advancing the quest line like it's a really good balance and it never feels like you're missing out on too much because you're trying to survive so there's combat and you'll often get into tussles with folk like you can piss them off very easily uh, and if they piss you off they'll just start swinging punches at you especially if your reputation is low if you have low reputation and you walk into the zone everyone is like immediately hostile with you and getting your reputation back up is incredibly difficult once you've dropped it down So get in one of the, one of the parts that, that was a pain in the ass is that if you got into a fight and you like, if they provoked a fight and you swing back, your reputation will still decrease. So most fights were often better just ignored and ran away from, uh, because as soon as you entered another location or in through a doorway, the, the person just like disengaged with you entirely. So It was a lot easier to just run away from fights than risk dropping your reputation. However, murdering people is a great way to get cash. (laughs) Because you will always be starved of cash in this game, but organs sell for, like, 400 a pop. So, like, (laughs) if you can successfully harvest some organs...
1: I mean, like, that's sort of the whole thing about the higher specs playthrough, especially in the first game, from what I understand, is that, like... It's the playthrough that makes you want to make all of the really hard decisions that, like, it makes you want to, like, you know, murder and kill so that you have resources that you can actually, like, you know, survive the next day, even though, like, that might hurt your reputation.
0: Absolutely, because, like, the more resources you have access to, the more of the story and the world you get to explore, because you're not focused on buying one $800 fish. (laughs) So... But but it's nice because you can you can sometimes stumble across bodies just like someone died from the plague and their body's just in the street. So like, cool, free cash.
1: Yeah, that's one of the cool things about the game is that it almost feels like an immersive sim in some ways that like it's this world that's constantly progressing through time and, and that it will progress without you if you aren't there to do things within it. Yeah,
0: it does not give a shit about where you are, like, and and that's the thing, too, is a lot of quests are time-dependent, so when you get a certain quest, it's, you have today to complete that, and if you don't do it today, it's gone forever, Mm -hmm. and so those actions all have consequences, like, you could miss a quest that would have given you food, or you could miss the quest to deliver something to someone, and that someone might end up dead, like there's There's a lot of really nuanced things that this world is constantly in motion, even when you're not there, which is a
1: very cool aspect and there's a lot of like moral decisions and stuff like that that you have to make along the way of like uh i I took the example from the first pathologic, and I'm not sure if it's in the second pathologic
0: that's that's the gist of the story you're You're investigating what happened to your father while trying to help your town through this plague that they're going through that's constantly evolving and changing and making things weird so really good and a uh, huge thank you to a uh, sleeper from our discord who helped me mm. set up the game with reshade because if you if you set up reshade it looks fucking amazing the game looks absolutely stunning with with ray tracing and stuff enabled and it gets rid of a lot of the there were some weird frame drops that kept happening especially entering buildings and it gets rid of all of those and cleans it up it's absolutely beautiful uh if you if you get the chance and have the knowledge and tools run run reshade get it set up and it it makes this game way better <laughs> hell yeah yeah it's it's an absolute wild ride. I, I recommend this game wholeheartedly. I'm going to go back and finish it, which I don't say about a lot of games in the bundle. Um, I, and I've still got like 20
1: hours to put into this damn game. It's a game that I honestly am thinking about claiming for myself. And I don't normally claim the the, the other games that, uh, you know, my partner here plays, but like, this is one that really, really stands out to me.
0: It's absolutely, absolutely worth it. I think, it, I think if, you're a video game aficionado, a, a horror person, a member of the theater, uh, f- even just someone who wants to sort of tangentially experience this. And you're not much of a video gamer yourself. Like, go go watch a playthrough of this. It's it's that good. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it is. It is a uh, a
1: sea of surreal tales in which you must. Play. Just like our next game, Tales of the Neon Sea. Developed by Palm Pioneer. I believe this is their first game. Uh, it is published by Zodiac Interactive with other titles like Wanba Warriors, Musings, Can- and Candleman the Complete Journey, which actually looks very cute. It's like a platforming game where you play as a candle. And you have, like, a limited amount of time to walk around before your candle burns out. (laughs) Very cute. Uh, Anyway, uh, this is a cyberpunk noir detective adventure game with loads of intrigue and cats, baby. I I didn't expect the sheer number of of feline friendship in this game, but uh, I was delighted by it. Uh, So basically... In this game, you wander around the city, solving mysteries as a private eye and former cop by the name of Rex. Uh, you also get to play as his stray cat, William, for a a shocking amount of the runtime. <laughs> it, it's kind of great. Uh, it's like literally like half the game is just you running around as a cat. I love it. Hell yeah. The story chugs along kind of slowly as you piece together these clues of a larger mystery involving the return of a serial killer who was thought to be long dead. You 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 spend your time solving puzzles, helping people in their side quests, and uh, investigating crime scenes when they come up. The prologue that you play through at the very beginning is set in the future, and it does that thing that a lot of stories do, like Uncharted too, where it like starts you in like the middle or the end of the story, and then and then it was like, all right, flashback. How did we get here? <laughs> and so the rest of the game is sort of like trying to figure out what led to that moment where you're being chased by the serial killer in this dark sewer uh The game plays sort of like a ten hour long interactive movie or t v series separated into chapters or scenes with lots of stuff to interact with and read about uh along the way. there are uh there's like this menu in the main menu where you can go and and through previous sections of gameplay in like a scene selection just like a movie uh so that's actually pretty cool but it doesn't replace the fact that uh there's no like history button so you can see like the the text that was just spoken i clicked forward a couple times on accident and i missed some dialogue and I, there was no way for me to reread that and that's a bit of a pain
0: i hate it when that happens
1: yeah seriously uh, also, there's no voice acting in this game, so it means that I blasted through this like pretty quick on my own. Yeah, so streaming it just required a bit more effort, is all, because I had to put voices into all the characters. But in some ways, it kind of endeared me to them a little more because I had like in my mind created characters for all these the these uh, voices and stuff, and gave them more more personality. That like when it wasn't there anymore, suddenly I was like hearing the voices in my head. <laughs> Um, there are lots of references in the game, uh, not, like, anything that really intrudes a whole lot, like, the, your little robot butler, I'm, like, 99% sure is based off of Short Circuit, uh, who's Johnny Five, uh, like, little robot butler, like, old 80s movie, uh, that, like, wall is also loosely based off of, uh, there's also, like, a One Piece poster in the background, it's, you know, usually tasteful stuff, um, there's uh crime scene investigations and they're kind of lame to be honest. Uh you just kind of like click around on every possible item uh until you've found every single gear in this little gear puzzle and then you just assemble the gear puzzle and then the detective tells you what happened. And to be fair, usually after having gathered and looked at all the clues I can basically put it together myself, but having this like extra little mini game gear puzzle thing just felt kind of arbitrary in terms of like putting together the logic of the whole thing i'd much rather just actually put it together in my head instead of gears um yeah the game feels somewhat aimless in terms of plot structure i'd say as well uh despite feeling so like finely directed and having such a a set like scene by scene transition uh the game will happily go on tangents just to explain, for example, what your cat was up to when he just suddenly <laughs> shows up at the right moment, like during an investigation with the missing murder weapon <laughs> and, and like that would just like blow my mind. I would just be like, Are you kidding me? They were like a Deus Ex Machina for like five seconds and now we're going on an hour long tangent learning about the cat mafia What? <laughs> and you know I I I didn't know how, what to feel when I was going through it, but now that I'm done with it, I'm like, okay, that was a lot of fun. But it, I just, it, 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 like, the ride of it was just un, unexpected turn after unexpected turn of not knowing exactly where the story was even wanting to go next because <laughs> of all of these tangents. Uh, and But their their partnership with, with, with the cat, it ends up becoming pretty central to the game and the mechanics of the story you'll be switching between them a lot at pre-scripted moments. Um, and the side quests are are cool. They do flesh out the larger world, and some are very memorable. But I did find myself struggling to see why I was just doing all this stuff in, in the world. Like, I wasn't being paid for it. Uh, I was just kind of a nice guy fixing problems and doing things for people because I'm a cool guy. And, I mean, that's all right, but I don't know. M- maybe I just didn't read enough into the story. <laughs> 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 it's always a possibility, um, like the major plot thread kind of tying all of the motivations together is just that Rex wants to find out what's going on with these hallucinations he keeps seeing whenever he interacts with these suspicious devices he finds in uh, his investigations, usually attached to a robot brain uh and they feature the serial killer he thought was dead for years, so like it's got this whole element of mystery of like, whoa, what's going on here?' Well, what what's what's the deal with this new robot cult? And uh, in in that sense, I feel like I should probably talk about like it's it's how it does cyberpunk because I think it does do cyberpunk pretty well. It's not like a a hardcore cyberpunk story, but the way that like the camera is always held kind of far back so that it lets you see like the entire scene of what's going on at any given moment. It reminds me of those scenes of Blade Runner. Where, uh, it would just be focusing on, like, the environment and the storytelling of, like, uh, the, the, how the world sort of reflects the, the inner turmoil of the characters. Uh, I, I did feel like in some ways I could get a little bit of that, uh, just from, like, the way that the world was designed and how I could, you know, just take in everything. But it also kind of felt a little bit removed because I kind of wanted to be more up close and personal into the, the faces of these characters, uh, sometimes. And it never quite got to that point for me sometimes, uh, but yeah, uh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when you run out of things to say and you just say, yeah, so um it's it's a pretty cool game, this is uh the type of game that normally I would have finished for the show, given its shorter length, I've just been really busy lately with moving and stuff, uh, I probably will finish it in my own time just because it's. Only I've only got a couple more hours left, I think, of the story, and I really want to see how it mm-hmm. ends up finishing up. Uh and also it just seems remarkably easy to complete if I wanted to. I could probably just like within an uh, evening or so more of play get a hundred percent completion on the game, which is pretty rad. Uh but yeah. Um uh, other than that though, it's it it's cool. It it's it's like I said, like a movie. And if you're into cyberpunk fiction if you're into noir fiction and if you like cats and adventure games you'll 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 definitely find a lot to enjoy here, so the next game uh is not about cats it's about it's about tanks. It's the opposite of cats, unless you're talking about Heathcliff and he he has this ham tank. Have you seen his ham tank? It's very popular with the kids I haven't. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh wait, the ham tank. I have seen that. Yeah. yeah, You you know the ham tank. You know you know the ham
1: tank. You know the ham tank. You know, know, he, the ham tank. You, you know he he cliffs good ham tank. See, I I managed to make that transition work somehow. Yes. Maybe. The
0: next game is Total Ham Simulator, a game you from go. noobs from Pol- oh wait, Total Tank Simulator. Shit.
1: Total, uh. Total Ham Tank Simulator.
0: <laughs> a game from uh noobs from Poland, which is a hell of a development studio name. That is a... wow, okay. <laughs> huh. Uh, this is their only game, uh, in case you haven't heard of the well-renowned noobs from Poland, that's why. And this is a top-down unit management game with a twist. The game is super unique and innovative in that you do all the planet planning, right? You purchase your units, you, you line the streets with your tanks and decide where they're going to attack uh you you, the the, it's pretty watered down you can you basically only choose to attack an area defend an area or flank an area with your units but once they're deployed rather than just watching the battle play out you can actually take direct control over any of the units on the battlefield and just run around and kill shit Mm. yeah which i thought was super cool so it's also a first person shooter mean, you can you can run around as your little army men and just shoot people or ru- drive around as the tanks or fly around in a plane. It's super cool. Uh, it It's it, yeah, it's it's a it's a unit management game. So it it is all about you're you're presented with your opponent's army, which is, you know, dozens of tanks and planes and, and squads of goons. And you have to set up your dudes in, in whatever way to try to take their base uh so you you get a certain access to there's a bunch of different campaign missions you can pretty much play as any like country or territory during a bunch of different wars and you're given access to a certain budget and the budget has to carry you through the entire campaign of the war but every battle rewards you with a little bit of extra cash so you have to balance your budget and, and deploy, you know, 42 tanks and 15 planes and 45 army people, uh, to try to combat what they have on their side. It, it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's, you have a lot of different units to choose from. There's repair vehicles. There's airplanes. There's infantry. There's like two different kinds of tanks or mortars. Uh, lot, lots of different options on what to deploy. And all of those give you access to different sort of like strategic advantages in the battle. But that's that's pretty much all there is to it. You just do these different pre planned sort of scenarios that are incredibly loosely based on real events. Uh, in the in the sense that they are based in name alone. Uh the locations don't really have any resemblance to the real life locations. There's no story or information about the history or the actual war. You're not confined to anything from time period or like mm-hmm it's very much like you have tanks and drop your tanks in war and do war stuff uh with with maybe with maybe like a quote from a notable person at the time going into the war so like maybe Eisenhower shows up and goes like hey go to war for us folks or some something like that <laughs> <laughs> you know he says
1: his propaganda thing and he pieces
0: exactly it's it's really straightforward there's not a lot of propaganda because it's all just like one historic quote maybe and then no accuracy after that
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's butts to nuts baby you're going wild
0: and then it's just drop some tanks down and watch them kill each other or take control and, and shoot things with the tank so it, it that that's all there is to it there's a sandbox mode where you can just like set up epic battles if you really want uh I, i'm sure some people might do that and you might be able to recreate more historically accurate things that way ...than the necessarily confined campaign missions. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all there is to it. I think this game itself is an incredibly good introduction to unit management games... ...because a lot of them have a lot going on... ...and it can be very hard to parse and understand like what you're actually doing. So this one being very simple and straightforward... ...and also having the blend of first-person shooter elements... I feel like if you've ever wanted to sort of get into a unit management style of game and you're just overwhelmed on where to start or how to like learn to play, this might be a great place to start.
1: Kind of reminds me weirdly of a game that I played once called a nuclear dawn. It's like a multiplayer, uh, RTS FPS game where one player was playing as like the commander of the team and would issue orders to the FPS players essentially. So like they're playing like one player is playing an RTS with like all of the rts features and then everybody else is playing the fps that like the rts person is yeah there. i don't know it's cool it's cool
0: exactly exactly but it's, so it's I... like
1: that but more ai driven
0: it, yeah a hundred percent i i think that's i think that's the way to go with it yeah i yeah neat little game nothing nothing to write home about but interesting kind of cool worth it worth it as a introduction uh that's it
1: but we do have an extra That's for the meat that's all the games Yeah yeah extra baby let's do it extra baby okay so this one this is a really good extra i didn't expect like anything out of this extra i saw like the name and i I didn't research anything about it going into it And i think that made it like 10 times better for me because it was like right up my fucking alley uh it's called hey park boy so it is developed by trey brown he's a 3d artist who worked on a hat in time tf2 and more uh it is a casual flower planting simulation adventure game heavily inspired by uh, early 2000s era PS2 GameCube titles like Chibi-Robo, Katamari Damasi, and Pikmin. So, basically, the, the plot of this game is that you, you crash land in an abandoned park, and you, boy, has to get home. And the only way he knows how is by making people happy. God bless. It's so now your job to spruce up an old, run-down city park and return happiness to planet Earth, one flower at a time. So, you play the role of a three-inch tall non-government park maintenance guy. Uh, you run around and you water flowers and you make them dance by playing music on a keyboard. And then, uh, by, by making them dance, uh, you sort of bloom and then cause a bunch more flowers to sprout up around. And then you gotta water those. And it's like, it, it sort of cascades out like, uh, you know, like a Katamari game where it gets bigger and bigger and bigger as you go. Uh, but it's also like really cute, and it starts out super small and very low scale. Uh, you also uh, eventually get to uh, do stuff like clean graffiti and pick up trash for more cash. Uh, you can buy and sell objects, such as flowers and uh, the different barriers that appear in your park in order to decorate it. Uh, and you'll also get to buy upgrades for you boy There are four little gadgets that you can obtain... Uh, There's like a basic watering gun that you can also use to jump around, a gatling gun that's used to move around. Uh, There's like this thing that's used to clean up trash and your keyboard that you use to make all the flowers dance. Uh, The only thing that I really wish in terms of the upgrades is that there was like an upgrade to make the keyboard dancing go a little faster because you do have to kind of sit there for a minute and wait for the, the flower to finish dancing before it ends up popping out more seeds. And uh, if there was a way to speed up that process, I'd really enjoy it because everything else you get to speed up basically. And uh, yeah, it kind of flattens out over time because there's nothing left to obtain in the late game. Uh, and there, there is one thing that I did want to de- deliberate over because this is something that the the developer did message me about on Twitter when when I when I brought the game or our playthrough to his attention. Uh, I mentioned that uh, that we, we we mentioned that U boy might be a capitalist. Because uh, <laughs> he, he, he buys and sells all all of his flowers. And he'll he'll only sell the ones that are specific colors. So he wiped out all of the 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 colors in one area of the park to to completely just uh, to, to gentrify it and and turn it into uh, an area where uh, you know he he can just make as much money as possible at the the detriment to the, the people living there. So I think that's you know it's it's something it's we're all talking about uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, there's also, like, this big city. It's cool, because you're so small. It's, like, really, it's so big that it's, like, kind of intimidating. There's, like, a little flower vendor that you can talk to, though, and a frog that you can meet who's also really cool. And if you, like, perform on top of a little box there, you get to do a street performance and get uh, a bunch of people to watch you do your little dance, and they give you a tip for it. And there's just just so much in this game that's, like, so cute. It just, it makes my heart burst. Um... As the game progressed, uh, more people start, like, using your park, and uh, you get, like, more stats to be able to track uh, what features of it that people like. Uh, There's also, like, an incentive to make the park pretty beyond, like, make it all green again so you boy can leave, which is the ultimate goal of the game, is to just turn every single square of the game green so that that way you boy can leave. But uh, I guess this is a spoiler, because this is what happens at the end of the game, so just keep that in mind. And so the, the the point of this is please invest in your local parks <laughs> and spread some happiness that way. Illegally go plant a bunch of flowers in your local park. <laughs> Do it right now. <laughs> Improve your park and spread happiness. You boy needs you to. It's, it's, it's your God-given right. So it's around six hours of playtime to beat the whole thing, and I 100% recommend this to anyone who, you know, might want a little U-shaped friend to in- inject some happiness into their life planting flowers and dancing and bringing life to an abandoned little square of a busy industrial neighborhood uh being the sort of local governance that we all need but <laughs> never receive. <laughs> hell yeah so that's it that, that, that's, that's all it? of the games for the month including the extras
0: let's pound through this closing stuff real quick
1: sure thing so what was your game of the month
0: pathologic 2 easy yeah. it's so good
1: it's so good I really want to play it too. Mine was Hey Park Boy. I, I played a lot of good games this month, but nothing made me smile as much as Hey Park Boy. Hell yeah. So, so Trey, Trey Brown, thank you for making such a great game. Thank you for for lightening my day. What, what else have you been playing? playing? I've been you, playing. Uh... I was... <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, you you go you go you go. Uh I I picked back up Monster Drain recently, which god that game is so good.
1: Yeah, yeah. That game seems like a lot of fun. We've been playing Jackbox too. Mm-hmm.
0: And as mentioned at the top of this Kingdom Hearts Melody and Memories.
1: Yeah. We also played uh oh, I didn't I didn't change any of this. Um, <laughs> Oops. I was waiting for you to notice. <laughs> yeah i mean i played games i don't know it doesn't matter <laughs> I, I, I can find out i played rust recently that was the big thing and dead by daylight
0: hell yeah dope uh the 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 charity this month is the montreal children's hospital foundation once again still uh, their mission is to inspire and mobilize the community to support relentless innovation in research teaching and care at the montreal children's hospital and internationally renowned pediatric center center affiliated with the mcgill university health center providing high specialized health care that's all one sentence in their mission statement that is all one sentence
1: yeah you did it in one breath too i'm impressed <laughs>
0: uh our question this month was what's your favorite piece of history you've learned from a video game uh my answer to that is edison murdering an elephant to create fear over tesla's ac
1: current that is like One of the most distressing facts in history, that when you learn it, it completely shatters your view of a person. (laughs) Yeah,
0: absolutely. And it, like, I feel like it's very common knowledge now. I mean, they've done, like, a Bob's Burgers episode on it and everything. But, like, I remember when I learned this, like, when Assassin's Creed first came out, and I was still young, Uh, (laughs) i i remember seeing this and i was like oh fuck edison was a dick and also like wow games actually teach real information sometimes
1: yeah dude how wild is that Mm -hmm. my my version uh for this question uh my answer was well everything about the warsaw uprising that i learned from the game warsaw that i covered for the podcast a while ago I, I went on such a deep dive on Wikipedia and stuff and other websites after I played that game just because I, I wanted to know, like, how much of that was real. And a lot of it was, like, systemized and it was, like, you know, made made to appear like things that have happened but not to be exactly like things that have happened. But there were actual events and massacres that were referenced that, like, I, I got to learn up and read up on. And an entire part of history that I literally basically never get told about in, in history books. The mm-hmm. the Warsaw Uprising, the the... the the Polish uprising against the, the the Nazi threat. It's a very very interesting piece of history, and I'm very glad to have learned about it from video games.
0: Hell yeah! Uh, drop your answer to the question in the Discord or on Twitter for us, and we'll we'll read it off on the next episode. Yeah, we love
1: that. Yeah. Bundle bourgeois at, at at on Twitter, and um, we also got our Twitches as well. I'm backstab on Twitch. I'm Guffwalker,
0: or uh, or as as some people say, Guffa Walker.
1: Guffle Walker, yeah, Guffle Walker.
0: Uh, yeah, cool. That's it. We're done. We've done it.
1: Yeah. Uh, tell tell your
0: friends about us if you like
1: it, please. That'd be nice. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. Hope you have a good day. Yeah.
0: Hope you all. Evening.
1: Night. Whatever whatever time it is. This could be the last
0: time you hear from us.
1: Probably is. We're stopping the show. We 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 made it one full year. Uh, like February will be a, will be our one year anniversary, so we're ending the show. That's it. Uh, we got a TikTok
0: now that we haven't posted on because we have both been hella busy. But oh yeah, so I should... it's coming yeah.
1: soon. I'm gonna post one minute reviews on there of all the games that I covered for January. That's our plan
0: at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna I'll do that before that. the month ends. But... Same. Okay. Oh, yeah. Bye. bye bye. We need like a we need like a Maybe we need a send off. Uh, yeah, up. like, like the, the, lit- the ones for TV shows where it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> There's some combat, which, oh,
1: (laughs) I was trying to read what I wrote. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that look you just gave was really priceless. (laughs) It was like, what? Fuck, idiot. It was like you were you were saying that to yourself <laughs> in your head. <laughs> I was
0: okay. I was reading the word tussles, but my brain wasn't processing like what tussles actually was. So I was trying to figure out what I meant by that word, like what misspelling I put.
1: <laughs> You're thinking like like is it like Brussels? Is it like a place? Like what is this? It's like, like it, uh, tussle huh? tussle? What is this? Hussey? Uh no. <laughs> Uh, okay.